Okay, we're going to start the 10 lines down here on Kuflamid Aleph Amud Aleph. Amar Abchiyah Ba'ava, Amar Abhiyochanan. Lo lechol amar Rabbi Eliezer makshire mitzvah dochin et ha-Shabbat. This statement, position of Rabbi Eliezer that we found in the Mishnah, that makshire mitzvah are dochim et ha-Shabbat, this is not a general principle. This is not a klau that we can just rely on in any situation. Now, the Gemara is going to prove it here because it's going to bring evidence of the fact that Rabbi Eliezer has to learn a special limud to have this work by a certain mitzvah. That's one position. But what we'll see from the upcoming Gemara is that for everything that Rabbi Lezer believes that Machshire Mitzvah Dochin at Shabbat has a specific limud by that mitzvah. And that's indicative of the fact that we're not dealing with a general principle, but each time we have to go back to the well and we have to find the source for why it is that Machshire Mitzvah are Dochin at Shabbat. The same way that the Chachamim or Rabbi Akiva would have to Every time you want to know that any mitzvah is dochet to Shabbat, you'd have to go find the specific limud to know that it's dochet to Shabbat. Because there's in that same position with regards to machshire mitzvah. So just because you know that the mitzvah is dochet Shabbat, doesn't mean automatically the machshire mitzvah will be dochet to Shabbat. You need a limud to teach you not only is it mitzvah itself dochet to Shabbat, but also the machshire mitzvah dochet to Shabbat. Sharei, shtei alechem chuvat hayom hein. Shtei alechem are brought on Shavuot, and they are obligated to be brought on that day. We know that, that you bring the shtei alechem on Shabbat itself. V'lolam dan Rabbi Leezer elamigzereshava. And nevertheless, Rabbi Leezer only learned the fact that they machshire mitzvah dochet to Shabbat from igzereshava. Shtei alechem themselves are brought on Shabbat. The preparation of the Shtei Alechem, the baking of the Shtei Alechem, is done prior to Shabbat. On the other hand, Rabbi Lezer believes that you could even bake the Shtei Alechem, do all the avodah of the Shtei Alechem on Shabbat itself. But how does he know that? He knows that not because Shtei Alechem are brought on Shabbat, but because he has a Zerah Shavuot. Shizetani, Rabbi Lezer, Omer Minay, Lomachshire Shtei Alechem, Shoduchim et HaShabbat. How do I know that the preparation processes for making the Shtei Alechem are Dochet HaShabbat? Nemra hava'ab omer, v'nemra hava'ab shtei halechem, says hava'ab omer. The omer talking about the korbana omer, which is brought on the 16th of Nisan. Over there, the korbana omer is dochet ha-shabbat. And hava'ab is written by shtei halechem. Ma ha'ava'ab bumra'ab omer makshirin dochin ha-shabbat. Just like the hava'ab, the bringing of the omer is dochet ha-shabbat. Av hava'ab murab shtei halechem makshirin dochin ha-shabbat. So too, the Makshim of the Shtei Alechem and Dochet HaShabbat. And with regards to the Omer, there everyone agrees that the Makshirin are Dochet HaShabbat, because the requirement of the bringing of the Omer is Uktzartem, that you actually cut the Ktsira. You have to actually harvest it, and then bring the Korban Omer. So if the 16th of Nisan falls out on a Shabbat, then the Ktsira has to be done on a Shabbat. And there, even if you have Katsur, even if you have pre-cut or pre-harvested, that's not good enough. You have to actually be Kutserit in order to bring. You have to actually harvest it to bring the Korban Omer. So there we know for certain that the Makshire Mitzvah, the preparatory process for making the Korban Omer, for sure is Dochei Shabbat. Even the Chachamim, even Rabbi Akiva would believe that. What Rabbi Eliezer does is now extend that to the Shtei Alechem, to the Gzera Shavah, Hava Hava'a. Just like by Korban Omer, it's true that Machshir Mitzvah Dochei Et Shabbat. So too, by the Shtei Alechem, we're going to say the same thing, that it's Dochei Et Shabbat. The Gemara says, Mufne, they have to be open, extraneous. 
We bumped into this principle before. When you come through a Gzeri Shava, there are different levels of Gzeri Shava. You can have Gzeri Shava, which takes two words, puts them together, but those words are not necessarily extraneous. That's the lowest form of Gzeri Shava, and that can be undermined. Everybody agrees that if you have a logical argument against such a Gzeri Shava, it undermines the Gzeri Shava. It does not allow you to learn the Gzeri Shava. Then we have what's called Mufne Mitzan Achad, that it's extraneous on one side of the Gzeri Shava, and Mufne Shnei Tzadim, or that it's extraneous on both sides of the Gzeri Shava. The more extraneous words that you're using within the Limud, the more powerful the Gzeri Shava is. So you have Gzeri Shava where by both ends of the Gzeri Shava, both the one that's learning and the one you're learning from are extraneous, then there's Ein Meishivin. That Gzeri Shava can defy logic. We learn it, and it doesn't matter what logical arguments there are against it. On the opposite spectrum, if neither of the worlds are extraneous, then logic always governs and can override the Gzeri Shava. In between, where you have one of the words being extraneous, there's a machloket, whether that's enough to overcome the logical argument against it. So that's what the Gemara says here. Mufne, this has to be a type of Gzeri Shava that involves extraneous words. Dilo Mufne, if it's not involving extraneous words, Ikala Mifrach, there's a logical argument against making such a Gzeri Shava. Malo Omer, Shukain, Imatzaka Tzur Kutzer. What are you going to say about the Omer? The Omer, if you found grain that was already, barley that was already cut, harvested, you still have to actively go and cut more. Tomar Bishtelechem, Shimatzaka Tzurinu Kutzer. That's not true by the Shtelechem. The Shtelechem, it just requires you to have Mincha Chadasha, have wheat. But does not require you that you specifically cut the wheat for the Ishtayalachem. So if that's the case, it would indicate to us through logic that I couldn't make such an argument. Just because I know something by the Omer doesn't mean it's true by Ishtayalachem. That's not a given. Now the Gzair Shava can overcome that if the Gzair Shava can defy logic. What do I need for the Gzair Shava to die? Logic is Mufne. I need to have the words be extraneous. So the I left Nuye Mufne. So where is it open? Why is it extraneous? Explain to me this. Why says mechdektiv? It says by the Omer ve'vetem et Omer reshit yitzarchem el akohen ve'yom haviachem lomali. Why do I have the word haviachem written again? It says ve'vetem et Omer and says reshit yitzarchem el akohen. And then he could have just said ve'yom. Why do you need the word haviachem in this case? That's extraneous. Shmamina lafnuye. So with regards to the Omer itself, there we have the word havaah be extraneous, and be extraneous now, we have the ability to learn the Gzeri Shava despite the logical argument against it. That's only extraneous on one side. I mean, the Tzad Omer, the Hava'ah by the Tzad Omer is extraneous. So, and we know that Rabbi Lezer's position is, if it's only extraneous on one side of the Gzeri Shava, we can learn the Gzeri Shava, but if there's a logical argument against it, we will drop it, and we will not follow through with the Gzeri Shava. The Gemara says, Taviu ribuyahu. This is a very interesting expression here, because we're not looking for a ribuy. We're not looking for something that is coming to be inclusive. We're looking for an extraneous word that allows us to learn the limud of the Gzeri Shava. So the way Rashi reads, Taviu ribuyahu, Taha. Which is the command to bring the Shteyalechem. Period. What's me Moshevotechem Lechem Tuvah Taviyu? Why do you need the word Taviyu? You already said Vikravtem, you're going to bring it. So why do you need the word Taviyu? Taviyu is extraneous. It's extra. And that gives me Mufne Mishne Tzadim. It says I have an extra word Havaha by the Omer, which is unnecessary. A word Havaha by the Mincha Chadashavah, the Shteyalechem. That's extraneous. And now I have Mufne 
Shneiat Mishnei Tzadim. The Gzair Shavah has an extraneous word on both ends. So I can learn the Gzair Shavah despite the logical argument against it. What's interesting is that the Lashon that the Gemara uses here, which is Taviu Ribuyahu. Ribuyahu means that usually it's an inclusive type of term. It's written in a plural. It has some sort of nature that includes more. If you read the, the Rav Nisim Gon, they seem to read it more along those lines, that it's a reboy to come be more inclusive. But the way Rashi reads it seems to fit better to the Gemara, which is looking for extraneous words to make up the Xerah Shava. So the Gemara says, That was a almost a parenthetical statement that we just had now. We had a statement by that Rabbi Lezer doesn't say it applies to everything. Makshir Mitzvah aren't automatically mutar on Shabbat. How do I know that? That's the limud we just went through. The fact that I had to, by Shteelechem, go out of my way to find a limud, means that it's not a default. It's not a default that Shteelechem, or the preparation of Shteelechem, would be Doche Shabbat. I need to invoke Xerah Shavah in order to permit it to happen. So that's like parenthetical, to say I proved to you now that Rabbi Lezer doesn't say it everywhere. Now the Gemara goes back to that statement and says, mai. You make a statement that not for everything is the Machshiri Mitzvah Doche de Shabbat. What things is it not? Which mitzvah are the Machshiri Mitzvah not Doche de Shabbat? So that's the Gemara's question now. If you want to say it comes to exclude Lulav, Atanyo, Rebbe that you can't prepare the lulav on Shabbat. You can't tie the kesher. You can't cut the lulav on Shabbat. You can't cut it from the palm tree. You can't pick the adasim on Shabbat. So, Vatan Yulav, Vichol Machshirav, Duchim et Shabbat. Divir Rabiliyazir, we're explicit in Braita. The Rabiliyazir says, Machshirei Lulav, or Duchim et Shabbat. Lakachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachach
You can't do that on Shabbat. That's not Dochet Shabbat. Tanya Rami Yochai, we have a brighter that supports that. Vishavim, Shimtziyet, Stalito, Basam, Mezuzah, Lepitcho, Shuchayav. Blezer agrees that if you made Tzitzit for your Talit, or you put up a Mezuzah, made a Mezuzah for your Pedach, you're Chayav. Those are not, those Machshire Mitzvah are not Dochet Shabbat. My time off. What is the reason that they're not Dochet Shabbat? Amar of Yosef, the fish ain't of Olehem's man. They don't have a fixed time to have the Mitzvah done. So that's interesting. I mean, that there's no fixed time to wear a tzitzit. There's no fixed time to put up the mezuzah. Correct. Very good. The way that you would have formulated is exactly what David said here. It's not a time-bound mitzvah. It's not something that is time-urgent. Usually when we say something's docha Shabbat, it's because time is of the essence. And if you don't do it on Shabbat, you're not going to be able to do it. Over here, you could do it after Shabbat, you could do it before Shabbat. Therefore, Shabbat should not be relevant to this. But what's interesting is the response. Just the opposite. Since they do not have a fixed time in order to do them, every moment is its time. And therefore, it should be Dochet Shabbat. It should be Dochet Shabbat because there's not a moment when you don't have to do this mitzvah. Then Rashi says over here, has a tzitzit, a talit, and he doesn't have tzitzit on it. Every day that he doesn't put tzitzit on it, he violates an assay. Listen to what Rashi says, because even it's sitting in your drawer, you're in violation not putting tzitzit on it. Therefore, the mitzvah is always hanging over him. Rashi here, clearly, and there are a number of places in Shas where Rashi seems to say this, is that it's chovat amana, but not chovat agavra. Tzitzit is an obligation on the tzitzit themselves and not on the individual. We Paskin, and the way that we hold is that tzitzit arvata gavra. That only when you wear the talit that has four corners are you obligated in tzitzit. If you have a four-cornered beggar that sits in your drawer, you don't have to do anything with it. There is a day on the Gemara in Menachot that says that even when it's in your drawer, you have to put on tzitzit. It's chovat mana. It's a chovat on the beggar, your ownership of the beggar, not on your wearing of the beggar. Rashi clearly subscribes to that here. It might be that Rashi is doing it because of the nature of the Gemara. You can only have it not be a mitzvah say that's governed by time or by wearing it if you say that it's Chobat Mana. So Rashi might have been forced by the Gemara to say this. Although again, throughout Shas, you see Rashi doing something similar, which is saying that Tzitzit are Chobat Mana, that it's an obligation on the Begit itself, and therefore you have to put Tzitzit on even if it's found in the drawer. Now that's what it means, Koshata Vishata Mitzvotei, then maybe that's more of a reason to be Dochet Shabbat. Now this isn't so simple. Those are the cases. But now Abaye is rejecting the logic of Rav Yosef. Now the Gemara is going to respond to Abaye. The Gemara will respond to Abaye and reject Abaye. The Gemara continues. You have another way of dealing with the issue. You can do the mitzvah. That's one way to deal with the issue. I can put up a mezuzah on the door because I'm obligated to have a mezuzah on my door. I can put on the tzitzit on the begad because I'm obligated to have the tzitzit on the begad. That's one way to deal with the issue. The other way to deal with the issue is to give up ownership of the item. You're only obligated in mezuzah if it's your bayit, or if you're living in the bayit. If you disown the bayit, if you give up ownership of the bayit, then you wouldn't be obligated in putting up the mezuzah. I mean, if you live there, you might be obligated anyway, because it's chobat adar. But if you get rid of your, temporarily, get rid of your obligation. The other hand, by tzitzit, the same thing. If you don't own the begad, if you don't own the talit, you're not chayav in the mitzvah of tzitzit on the talit. Since you don't own it, you won't have to put on tzitzit. So there's a way to get out of the problem, which is if you think that the mitzvah is all this man, and you should be able to do it on Shabbat, I say to you, rather than be Tochet Shabbat, 
I have a better option for you. Just disown the item. You disown the item, you're also not obligated and you won't be in violation. You can deal with it after Shabbat. That means that the issue is not so pressing on Shabbat. I have a way of dealing with it without making it pressing on Shabbat. The Sephot over here says something, something very interesting. says, Taima, I don't understand why the Gemara even has to go down this path. Why is the Gemara coming up with a reason why by Tzitzit and by Tzitzit and Mezuzah that it's not Tochet to Shabbat? He says, for every other mitzvah, Gemara is going to go through now, and come up with a reason why it's Tochet to Shabbat. They have a limud for every mitzvah. We don't have a limud for Tzitzit and Mezuzah. Since we don't have a limud, that's by definition wouldn't be dochet to Shabbat. I don't need any other reason. I have a reason, which is I don't have a limud for it. And that should be enough. We can't learn out one from the other, and we need a specific puzzle for every mitzvah. Possible to learn out from sukkah. And it also goes on to explain this, but he makes one interesting comment about the difference or the nature of these mitzvot. Says. Says that the nature of these mitzvot is different than other mitzvot. There are certain mitzvot where you have an obligation to do the mitzvah. If you don't do the mitzvah today, then you have an obligation to do that mitzvah tomorrow. For instance, milah. Mitzvah of milah is to go ahead and cut off the orla to do the mitzvah of milah. If you don't perform the mitzvah on the eighth day, then you perform the mitzvah on the ninth day. On the ninth day, you're doing the mitzvah that you would have otherwise done on the eighth day. You didn't do it on the eighth day, so now you do it on the ninth day, tenth day, whatever it is. You're doing the mitzvah of milah that you didn't do before. But it's the same mitzvah milah. These mitzvot are different. These mitzvot, if you don't put on tzitzit on the baguette on day one, and then on day two you put on the tzitzit. Mezuzah. You don't put a mezuzah on the house on day one. On day two you put up on the mezuzah. Is that the same mitzvah? That's what it says, no, it's not the same mitzvah. The mitzvah that you gave up yesterday, you'll never be able to make up again. Because there was an obligation yesterday to put a mezuzah on the door. That obligation stands independent of the obligation today to have a mezuzah on the door. Every day is a new mitzvah with regards to this. Mezuzah, tzitzit, and he says it by sukkah as well, which is interesting, that every moment these mitzvot are obligations, but a new obligation. So if you forfeit the ability to do the mitzvah today, it's not like tomorrow when you do it, okay, now I'm done, I'm okay. You forfeited the mitzvah forever and you cannot make up that mitzvah. There's no tashlumim, it's not the same mitzvah anymore. So Tosot says these mitzvot are very unique in that way. That when we say that they have a mitzvah called shaita v'shaita, that means that they're mitzvot that are continuous, but it's a new mitzvah every moment. So when every time you have a mezuzah on your door, that's a new mitzvah that you do. Every day you're doing a mitzvah, every moment you're doing a mitzvah. And if you don't put the mezuzah on, when you put it on, you haven't solved the problem for what you missed. That means, doesn't mean you haven't made it up. You've taken care of prospectively what happened. Retroactively, you haven't dealt with it. As opposed to a Mila. You miss Mila on the eighth day, you do it on the ninth day, you've taken care of what you missed on the eighth day. Now you have a Mila. Unless there are people who believe that there's a miss with Leot Mahul. So then they would come into the same category. But Tosafot does not designate that here. And that would explain the Havamin of the Gemara as to why the Gemara thinks that they should be Docha Shabbat because Ein Lahem Zman. Ein Lahem Zman means that each moment is a new mitzvah, a completely different mitzvah. And just because you do the mitzvah after Shabbat does not mean that you've made up for or accomplished the mitzvah that was on in Shabbat. And because of that, we have a Havamin that they should be Docha to Shabbat even though that is not their Zman HaKavua. This is important because the Tosafot raises this issue in Baba Kama and other places by Pruta Durab Yosef. When we have a din of Osek mitzvah Potur Mina Mitzvah. Someone's involved in a mitzvah, it's Potur from a mitzvah. So there the Gemara is discussing and Ani comes to the door, a poor person comes to the door and the person's engaged in the Aveda. He's fixing the Aveda, he's taking care of a lost item that he found. 
So he's doing a mitzvah. So Mariah says, according to that proof of the Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, you're patur from giving money to the Ani because you're engaged in the mitzvah of Aveda. Tosavot asks on, this, on the spot, okay, I have a mezuzah on my door. I'm doing a mitzvah every moment. If I'm doing a mitzvah every moment, then I should never have to have to give tzedakah when the Ani shows up at the door. I'm always engaged in a mitzvah. So Tosavot over there differentiates in what means osig b'mitzvah. It means asuk b'mitzvah. You have to be engaged in the mitzvah. So there's certain mitzvot that you're able to do without being engaged in them. Mezuzah, tzitzit, happen to be those mitzvot where you can do them without being engaged in them. And I think the two might be corollary. I mean, that the idea that mezuzah and tzitzit are continuous mitzvot, and mitzvot midiot, as we call them, the nature is because you don't have to be a suk in them. They can be continuous, like sukkah. You can be present in the sukkah, and that's enough to have the mitzvah of sukkah be completed. So because of that, they can be mitzvot midiot. They can be continuous, constant mitzvot, and every moment a new mitzvah. Because it doesn't require you to be standing by your door to hold up the mezuzah every moment. Mezuzah can be there, you can accomplish the mitzvah without being present. And therefore, every moment's a new mitzvah. So I think the two come hand in hand, and this idea that you don't have to be continuously engaged, as well as the fact that you can have the continuous mitzvah. Now the Gemara is going to go through each of these items, and ask, where do we know them from? Amamar. Lav, v'chol machshirav, dochim et ha-shabbat. Lav, and it's all preparatory stages, are dochet ha-shabbat, divir ab le-yazer. Menele rab le-yazer ha. Where does he know this from? Imi omer ushtei alechem. So what are you going to say? We already know from the omer that it's dochet ha-shabbat. That's given, because that's written in the pasuk. Ushtei alechem. We just learned in Xerah Shavah. So I know that Shtei Lechem and the Omer already are Dochet Shabbat. So maybe from those two I should learn to Lulav. As a Me Matzino. Me Matzino. I find by these two mitzvot, they're Dochet Shabbat. And they're Machshirma Dochet Shabbat. So too by Lulav, I should have the mitzvahs Dochet Shabbat. So too I should be able to have Machshirma Dochet Shabbat. Between the two of them, I'll learn this din out. My says you can't do that because they have a common denominator that wouldn't allow you to learn to lulav, which is gain sorech Because they both involve kodshim. They're for Hashem. So maybe when we do things for Hashem, korbanot, there you can be dochet Shabbat. But over here we talk about lulav, which is for the person themselves to do the mitzvah. There you may not be dochet Shabbat. says bayom. Bayom afilu Shabbat. That on the day, even on Shabbat, you can do lulav. Now, lamayuchotok. What halacha do you need to know that you can do it on Shabbat? What, you can carry a lulav on Shabbat, that it's not muksa? It's the mishrei tilto? Since when do you need a puzzle to tell you that it's not muksa on Shabbat? Muksa is an Easter de Rabbanan. Easter de Rabbanan does not require a pasuk to undo a mitzvah de Rabbanan. A pasuk in the Torah is there to undo a do right to a problem. So in terms of carrying the lulav or taking the lulav on Shabbat, there is no issue me do right Take a lulav on Shabbat. The reason we don't take it on Shabbat is all Yisurei de Rabbanan or Chashash de Rabbanan. So if that's the case, why do I need Bayom to teach me that it's Dochet Shabbat? Elol Machshirav. It must be to teach you that what's Dochet Shabbat? Machshirim, the preparation of the lulav. Otzami Rishut Lushut is not a part of the mitzvah. Now, maybe for Rabbi Eliezer, yes. You're asking me in, in terms of Machshirim, yes. You could carry Mishut Lushut according to Rabbi Eliezer in order to bring the lab. No, in terms of the Chachamim, that's not an obligation of the mitzvah. You can accomplish the mitzvah without bringing Mishut Lushut, and therefore there doesn't have to be a violation of the Oraita. Rabbanon, so what are they going to do with this word Bayom? How we violate Bayom Velobalayla to teach you that the mitzvah of Lulav only applies during the day, not at night. For Rabbi Eliezer, Bayom Velobalayla Minale, how does he know that it doesn't apply during the night? It says that you will be seven days during the day and not the night. We'll learn out the seven days of Simcha from the seven days of Sukkah. 
So to over here, Yamim and Lelot, that that's not the case, because it says Yamim and not Lelot. So now, what you have here is a situation in the puzzle which says, So on and so forth, and the puzzle continues, So the the Gemara concludes here is extraneous, because I could have just said, Could have taken on the first, What I need this extra Bayom for? The Rebbe says, The extra Bayom teaches me that it violates the Shabbat. What violates the Shabbat? Machshirim, preparation of the Lulav, violates the Shabbat. Chachamim, what do they do with Bayom? They say that you only have to take Lulav during the day. There's only a mitzvah Lulav during the day, no mitzvah Lulav at night. Now, Rabbi Lezer is faced with the same problem. He has to have a mitzvah Lulav only applies during the day, not at night. How does he learn that? He learns it out from the latter half of the Pasuk. That latter half of the Pasuk is the limud for why we take the Lulav in the Mikdash for seven days. So it's a continuation of the Pasuk. So there he says, Yamim So I can learn that out of the latter half of the Pasuk. Chachamim say, I know I need that latter half of the Pasuk because I would have thought that it says Shivat Yamim by Sukkah. It says Shivat Yamim by the so maybe the two are correlated. Just like by Sukkah, it's a continuous mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that's both day and night. So it's over here. So I need Yamim to come to exclude Leilot. To tell me Yamim not Leilot, not Yamim and Leilot. Right. The more logical argument is that it's Yamim below Leilot. When we say Shivat Yamim, it means during the day. That's the way Chazal generally learn these things. The unusual one is by Sukkah, that we dash in Yamim not to be inclusive to be Leilot. So what the Gemara says is just don't extrapolate that type of Limud by Sukkah to say Yamim and Leilot to over here. Over here, Yamim functions like it does everywhere else, which is Yamim and not so now the Gemara asks, okay, once I know that Lulav is Machshireha or Docheret Shabbat, let's reverse the order and say, why don't I just say the Chtov Rachmana Lulav? Let the Torah just write Lulav. And we'll learn out Omer and Shtealechem from the Lulav. If we can't learn out from Lulav from those two, maybe the reverse. We'll have Lulav written. Once we know Lulav is Docheret Shabbat, so to Omer, so to Shtealechem. Yeah, no. Right, Binyanav. The Gemara will later get to a Meimatzinu, but yeah, Binyanav. That once I know the principle that's Docheta Shabbat, then it should apply to all mitzvot. Where it says no, Mishum Deikol Mifvach. There's a logical argument against that, which is Malu Lulav Shikain Taon Arba Minim. Lulav has something special about it, which is it's not a singular mitzvah. It involves four different minim that are brought together. There's something chamur special about the lulav. And since there's something special about the lulav, I can't extrapolate from that to other mitzvot. It's really one mitzvah. Yeah. So that's not, it's not, that's not necessarily clear because the Gemara Mishnah and Menachot says that the minim me'akvim zedzeh and that the Shulchan Aruch and that if you don't have all the minim, as long as you have all four of the minim according to the Shulchan Aruch, according to the Ramah, they have to actually be present in front of you. If you take them one by one, you're still yotze the mitzvah of Dalet minim. So you have here four independent mitzvot that are somehow integrally connected and you try to do them in a singular action. The best way to do them is to take them all together. But if you don't do that and you take them one by one, there is a possibility of accomplishing the mitzvah. You take the minim that you do have and you make a bracha on them 
based on the minim that you do have. We take the minim, even though you don't have all four ha minim. Depends which minim that you have, which bracha you make. But you're right. When we are ogade them together, we're taking four mitzvot, combining them and doing it in one shot. It would be that you have four mitzvot now that are being combined into a singular mitzvah. So you do see that the arbat minim that are ma'akev zeh have a unique status when they are brought together. They are combination of multiple mitzvot that come together and rely on each other to accomplish to create the complete mitzvah. Sukkah v'chol makshirah dochin et ha-shabbat divir Rabbi Eliezer. says, by sukkah, makshirah dochin et ha-shabbat. Minole l'Rabbi Eliezer ha. How does he know this? What's the limud for this? If you want to learn it out of Omer v'shtei lechem, shekein tzorak uvohu. Can't learn that out. They have a common denominator that they belong to Ekdesh. They belong to Gvoh. If you want to learn it out from Lav, shekein ta'un arba'a minim. They have a chumrah in Lulav, which is the four minim. So we can't extrapolate from that to sukkah. We're going to learn out shivat yamim from Lulav. Just like over there by the shivat yamim of Lulav, we learn from there that it's dochad machshirim adochad shabbat. So over here, by sukkah, machshirim adochad shabbat. Belichtov rachmana b'sukkah. Let the Torah write that just by sukkah, and we'll learn from sukkah to the other mitzvot through a binyanav. Here, the machshire mitzvah, docheh de shabbat, so too by all other mitzvot. B'nei tehanach. And we'll know, omer, shtealechem, lulav. We'll just write it by sukkah. B'nigmor minei mishum de'ikah lemifrach. There's a logical argument against that. Ma'ala sukkah, shekinu hege b'leilot kibiyamim. Sukkah is unusual because it's a day-night mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that applies both the day and night. As opposed to the other mitzvot that either only apply during the day or only apply at... Night, we'll see a different mitzvot, but none of them apply both during the day and the night. Sukkah is a chumrah. Since it has a chumrah, you can't extrapolate, you can't extend from it to other mitzvot. What's interesting here is, how do you learn out from lulav to sukkah? The Gemara here says, shivat yamim, shivat yamim. Rashi says, what kazei You can't have a kazei because the shivat yamim that is written by lulav is not mufneh. Rashi says, kazei reshava atileh. Even though the words are not extraneous on both sides. It only writes Shivat Yamim once. We already learned from Rebbe that comes to teach us. Yamim v'lo leilot. Kevin degali rachmana ba'omer ushtei lechem v'lulav. Giloi milta ve'almahu. Rashi says that it's not a real gzeir shava. It's almost like a giloi milta. He says, I have a binyan av. I have three mitzvot by which I say that the machshiri mitzvot are docheh Shabbat. I now have sukkah, then I'm faced with what's the, what should I do? The Rash says, the Gemara says, shivat yamim, shivat yamim. It's not a real gzeir shavah. It's just a connecting word. The connecting word tells me that since I have this true by other, these other three mitzvot, it should also apply by sukkah. That's the way Rashi learns it. And the Gemara doesn't ask on it, and then the Rashi ends with gimgum. A gimgum is interesting. It seems to me that it's not so straightforward. It's not so easy to understand what the Gemara is saying according to Rashi. What does that mean? There's a gili milta. The whole problem here is that we need a separate limud for each one because we can't learn it from the others. The way Rashi in the end comes out is that you really are learning it from the others because there's no real Gzei Roshava here. So Tosafot, on the other hand, takes a different approach and says, it's not the case. When we say Shivat Yamim here, it's a full-fledged Limud. And Tosafot says, Mufne Hava Mishnei Tzadim. It's extraneous on both sides and there is a full-fledged Limud over here. So Gabi Lulav Lo Itzrich. You don't need it by Lulav. What do you mean you don't need it? Rashi just explained to us. Rabbi Lezer learns out of Yamim that daytime for Lulav, not nighttime. How could it be extraneous? We need it for that. Miu Lo Shivat. 
Klal. You don't have to write seven. You could have just said it by Yamim. On the days, you should be Sameach with Hashem. We already know that Sukkah is seven days. So Shiva'at Yamim, it's the phrase as a whole that's extraneous. Shiva'at Yamim is extraneous because you don't need the word Shiva'at. You could have just had the word Yamim and that would have been sufficient. So Shiva'at Yamim is extraneous and therefore we have Xer Shavu. Now Tosafot by doing this runs into a bigger problem. Which is, we just said before, the Gemara had a Havamina. What was the Havamina's Gemara's Havamina, or the Rabbanan's Havamina? That maybe I should learn from Sukkah, that Yamim and Leilot. So too, I should say by Lulav, Yamim ve Leilot. The Gemara says, Kamashimah, no. But what we just did now, is open up Pandera's box. Because we just said, there's a Gezer Shavah between Shivat Yamim of Lulav, to Shivat Yamim by Sukkah. And the Shivat Yamim by Sukkah means, days and Nights. So now I have a Xerish Shava that connects the two. And yet I'm still saying that the Yamim by Sukkah means day and night. And the Yamim by Lulav means just the day. So it's very unusual. But Yesh Lomar, this is what Tosavot says, he says that to learn that limud goes against the wording of the Gzeir Shava. He says, despite the fact that you have a Gzeir Shava here, that would seem to extend the dinim of Sukkah to Lulav and Lulav to Sukkah, because we're taking with Machshim Radoche Lulav, so to their Doche Sukkah, and I should extend what's by Sukkah. I should say by Sukkah, Yamim Velelot, so too by Lulav. So it says, I can't do that because... The word Yamim undermines the whole Gzeir Shava. The word Yamim means days and not nights. I'm not going to have a Gzeir Shava that teaches me Yamim and Leilot when Yamim means days and not nights. By Sukkah, I have a separate Limud. Not from the word Yamim. From somewhere else, I have a Limud that tells me because Sukkah is seven days, means the complete seven days. Complete every day and night because of the nature of the way it's written. But that's a Limud from somewhere else. The word Yamim by itself, if I just had the word Yamim by Sukkah, I would have known days and not nights. It says I can't take a word that literally means day and not night, and say to me that it means day and night. So that's why Tosafot rejects that extension of the Gzeir Shavah. What's interesting here, in addition to that, is, which we said before, was, let's learn it out from Sukkah by itself. By Sukkah, if we know Mitzvah Sukkah, then let us now go and extend it to the other mitzvot. The problem is that there is nothing written by Sukkah. Sukkah has no dichur written by it. How do we know by Sukkah that the Makshir Mitzvah Docha Shabbat? Through the Gzeir Shavah. So how could you say, let him write Sukkah, and then we won't need anything else? If there's nothing written by Sukkah to learn it from. So if you look, the Bach changes the wording slightly in Rashi and says, Nichdov Rachmana Behedjah B'Sukkah. The next question is not, okay, now that we have it by Sukkah, it's if the Torah had it by Sukkah, then let the Torah write it explicitly by Sukkah, and then we would know it from Sukkah to the other mitzvot. Not that that actually exists, but let the Torah do it in such a manner so that it did exist, so that we can learn out the other mitzvot. The last thing that's interesting in Tosafot is, the Gemara says that we have a Havamina. Let's learn out Shivat Yamim, Shivat Yamim, that just like by Sukkah, it's day and night, so too, by Lulav, it should be day and night. That's what it says. How could you down a Gezer Shavu and Avamina? We know that Gezer Shavu, you need a Mesorah for it. You need a Mesorah from your Rebbe. It's not something that you do by yourself. Gezer Shavu is not open to everybody to down whatever Gezer Shavu you see. Gezer Shavu has to come by Mesorah. It says, maybe that we know that it's out there. The Gzeri Shavah is out there. We know that there's some sort of Shivat Yamim, Shivat Yamim connection. We just don't know what it's utilized for, what it's used for. We saw this again earlier on the Masechta, back on Dach, Tzadi Zayin Omer Aleph. I pointed out over there. The Rebbeinu Tam also asks a question. The Gemara there has some sort of Havimina that you're going to have a Gzeri or put together a Gzeri He goes, wait, what happened to a Mesorah? Don't you need a Mesorah for it? So Rebbeinu Tam over there answers that they knew there was a certain number of Gzeri in the Torah, and that one exceeded the number of Gzeri they had in the Torah. 
So they reject it, not because they don't have a Mesorah for it, but because they had too many Gzerah Shavot. They knew there was there's a maximum number of Gzerah Shavot, and they were over that number already. So they had to say one of them didn't belong. So they rejected that one. You see again and again, Tosavot is trying to deal with the reality that even though any Adam Dam Gzerah Shavot may small, that these Gzerah Shavot seem to be popping up in the Gemara. Some of them say, okay, we reject the Gzerah Shavot. Here we have a Havamina that we should make a Gzerah Shavot. All of these seem to indicate that we're doing this without a Mesora. So each time, Tosavot says that there's a broader Mesora. Whether the broader Mesora is here, that there is some sort of connection between Shivat Yamim and Shivat Yamim, we just don't know how to apply it. They knew the Xerah Shava exists, they don't know how to apply it over there. We thought there was a Xerah Shava, but now we realize we exceeded the number of Xerah Shava that we were entitled to. Tosavot is trying to create a framework where we don't lose the basic principle that Xerah Shava has to come through Mesora, but also be able to deal with the Gemara seems to be bouncing around in Xerah Shavar as if, let's try it here, let's try it there. He does that by balancing between the two and saying that there is a Mesorah or quasi-Mesorah and the Gemara is trying to deal within the context of Mesorah how to apply it to this particular Xerah Shavar or to Xerah Shavot in general. Okay, now the Gemara moves on to the next case. Matzah v'chol Makshirah. Comes to Matzah. All the Makshirah and Matzah docheh et ha-Shabbat. Divi Rabbi Lezer. Minole the Rabbi Lezer ha. Where does Rabbi Lezer know that from? Imi Omeru Shtelechem. If you're talking about the Omer and the Shtelechem, Shagain Tzorach Gevoah. Can't learn out from there. They have to do with Kodshim. Imi Lulav. Can't learn out of love. It has a Chumrah. Shagain Tahun. Arba'ah Minim. Has that unique feature. Night as the days over here it's really the opposite because matzah is noheg balayla not bayom so it really be that it's noheg bayamim kabalelot because here the yamim is the important part that is dochet elagamar chamishasar chamishasar michagal sukot we have a gzer shavu between the fifteenth of Nisan to the fifteenth of Tishrei and that gzer shavu says malahalan machshirah dochim et shabbat just like by sukkah it's dochet et shabbat. So too, by Matzah, the 15th will tell us that Makshirim et Matzah dochim et Shabbat. Let the Torah just write it by Matzah, and let's learn everything else out from Matzah. Matzah is the only mitzvah here that applies to women. Because even though Matzah is a mitzvah that says Shazman Grama, nevertheless, we have a limud. The Gemara brings that. That there is a mitzvah to desist from eating chametz. And in the same pasuk, it says, That you eat Matzah for seven days. The Gemara draws a connection from that juxtaposition between chametz and Matzah. Just like every lotah say a woman is chayevet in. So she's definitely chayevet in the mitzvah of not eating chametz, so therefore the Gemara extends it to the mitzvah of eating matzah and says the woman is equally chayevet in eating matzah because of its connection to the mitzvah of desisting or not eating chametz. And so because of that, women are chayevot in matzah on the first night of Pesach. And so that makes this mitzvah unique compared to all the other mitzvahs. Sukkah and mulav are mitzvah tesei grama. For menot, omer and shteyalechem are done by the kwanim, which is kwanim zicharim, if you want to say it that way. But really it's only on the obligation on the males of Bnei Yisrael to ensure that the are brought. Shufar we saw before that a shofar in all its preparation tochinet haShabbat did Rebbe Leizer. But now later Rebbe Leizer, how does Rebbe Leizer know this? If you want to learn out of the Omer and Shteilechem, can't do that. That's Kodoshim. If you want to learn out of Lulav, Shkain to own our Ba'am Minim requires four Minim. If you Sukkah, learn out of Sukkah, Shkain to Eged Belilot Ka Beyamim. Sukkah is a unusual feature that it's noeg all day and all night. Imi matzah, shekein oeged banashim kawanashim. Matzah is applicable to men and women. Shofar is a mitzvah tasecha zman grama. Women are not chayavot in shofar. Elam akra, yom trua yelachem. Vayom vafilu bishabbat. 
Yom Shurana Lechem teaches you that by Yom, even on Shabbat. Ulamai. What do you need that for? You want to teach me that Tkiot of Shobara Tochet Shabbat? Hanatan the Beish Shmuel. We had this early in the Messiah. You may not do any Melechet Obudah on Yom Tov. We had it earlier in the Mesechta in terms of the context of Shabbat. That they're not a Surah on Shabbat because they are a Chokhmah. They are a skill, not a Melecha. Rashi defines here Melechet Obudah Shel Torah. Melechet Obudah is doing something, an undertaking that involves Tircha. Involves great effort, great exertion. In order to do it. And that's not true about Tkiachuvan Ridiatapat. It's not about exertion. It's not about effort. It's simply about skill. It's a skill set that you need. If you have that skill set, you can do it simply. You can do it easily. And therefore, it's not under the restriction of Melechadobuddha. Interesting how Rashi defines Melechadobuddha over here. Because in Parshat more, he defines Melechadobuddha differently. And the Ramban takes him to task for that. And the Ramban gives a different definition from Melechadobuddha. The Ramban says Melechadobuddha is something that's done for the long haul. It's not a voda that's done directly for the day. It's an avoda that you do in quantities and in scale that it's for multiple days. It's for a large a number. It's done for a large number of items. So for instance, you harvest a field. You don't harvest the field just for two stalks. If you harvest the field, you take down the whole field because... That's the scale of harvesting. And therefore, that's Melechet Avodah, which is a sewer on Yom Tov. What's Mutar on Yom Tov, which is equivalent to Ochel Nefesh, is a Voda that you do for that day. Small quantity types of Voda. You will need dough in small quantities. You don't have to deal dough for the next year. You harvest, you harvest for the entire upcoming year. So those are the difference. That's the way the Ramban does it. Rashi over here, somewhat in between what the Ramban says on the Torah and what Rashi says on the Torah, he calls it Shel Torah. Nevertheless, blowing the shofar is not a problem in Melacha. It must be that if you want to be Doche Shabbat, the only reason to be the Doche Shabbat is because of the Makshirim of Shofar. Rabbanan, what do they do with that? To teach you the mitzvah of Shofar is on the day and not at night. Where does he know that the mitzvah of Shofar is only during the day and not at night? When it comes to the Yovel in Pashat Behar, it says over there that on Yom Kippur you'll blow the Shofar. And we learn them out from each other. Even the Chachamim agreed to this, which is, that call atkiot Kiyot is Xer Shavav, all the Tkiot that are blown on the, the seventh month. That includes the Shofarot that are blown, Tkiot blown on Shvash Hashanah, and Tkiot blown on Yom Purim of the Yovel. Together, that's how we learn out, that there are actually three Tkiot that have to be blown on Rosh Hashanah, including a Tkiot before and a Tkiot afterwards. The ninth Kolot Midoraita that we know, that we blow on Rosh Hashanah, comes from a combination of the words Turat Kiyah that are found by Rosh Hashanah and found by Yom HaKippurim. So there's a connection between them. Rabbi Eliezer says, I can learn out from Yom Kippur. Right? Yom Kippur says Bayom. You only blow the Shofar during the Yom. So I'll extrapolate that to Rosh Hashanah to teach me only Bayom also. So let us write that Makshirei Mitzvah, Dochet Shabbat by Shofar. We'll learn everything else out from Shofar. That'll be the binyan of. Gemara says, Mitzkiyat to Rosh Hashanah Lekalamigmar. Can't learn out of Mitzkiyot to Rosh Hashanah because she came. Machneset zichronot shel Yisrael avim b'shashem v'shamayim. The tkiyah in Shofar Rosh Hashanah is not simply tkiyah Shofar. It involves much more than that. It's the key to allowing the tfilot of B'nai Yisrael to enter the heaven. I mean that it's male the tfilot of B'nai Yisrael before a Baruch Hu. It acts as a vehicle for the tfilot of B'nai Yisrael in Rosh Hashanah. 
So it's not simply a, a blowing of the shofar. It's not that simple mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that involves much more than a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that involves or incorporates the entire day of Rosh Hashanah and everything that's done on Rosh Hashanah. Mitzkiyot shofar the yom akumim lekel migmere. And again, from the blowing the shofar in yom kippur, you also can't learn. We're not talking about the blowing the shofar at Nihil on yom kippur. Talking about blowing the shofar in the yovel of yom kippur. When you blow the shofar in the yovel of yom kippur, that's not simply blowing the shofar. When the shofar is blown, that blowing on the shofar frees the slaves in the 50th year. It allows the ownership of the land to return to its original owner. That shofar is not simply a blowing of a shofar. It's a shofar that has impact. It's a shofar that has chashivut. So again, you can't extrapolate from a mitzvah that has unique properties. The properties of the shofar of Shoshana is not a simple mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that involves much more. By Yom Kippur also, the shofar is not simply blowing the shofar. It's a shofar that has impact beyond just the blowing of the shofar. So I can't extrapolate from shofar to other mitzvot. So now the Gemara says, Mila, V'chol makshireh dochim et ha-shabbat, Divir Rabbi Eliezer, our Mishnah, that Rabbi Eliezer says that makshireh mitzvah of Mila ar dochet ha-shabbat. Minole Rabbi Eliezer ha. Where does Rabbi Eliezer know that makshireh mila ar dochet ha-shabbat? Ha, imi kulu gamar. If you want to try to go through each one of them and learn it from there, we can't learn it out, kidam rinon. Like we said by each one. There's a chumar. Finally, the Gemara did it this way, which is, we know. Is equal by Nashim and Anashim. We have the Chumrot that we just mentioned by Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippurim. We can't learn out from those to Mila. By all of the mitzvah that we mentioned so far, if you didn't do the mitzvah, you're out. You missed the day, you missed the time, it's over, the mitzvah's done. All of those mitzvah that we listened until now were mitzvah that seisha as man grama. Even matzah is a mitzvah that seisha as man grama. It have to be an exception to the rule because of its connection to chametz. So women are chayavot. But every mitzvah we listed so far is a mitzvah that seisha as man grama. If that's the case, you can't learn from them to milah. Milah is not a mitzvah to say Shazman Gramah because Mavar Zmanah, that's not true. By Milah. Mavar Zmanah, if you don't do the mitzvah Milah on the eighth day, you gotta do it on the ninth day. You don't do it on the ninth day, you gotta do it on the tenth day. Now, I'm, I'm making a statement that it's a mitzvah to say Shazman Gramah, that's not so clear. Machlok in the Kiddushin, whether Milah is considered to be a mitzvah to say Shazman Gramah because it only starts on the eighth day. Is that classified as a mitzvah to say Shazman Gramah or not? I'm using it loosely the term. It doesn't have the time-bound properties of the others, which is the other mitzvot end when the time expires. But over here, the time doesn't expire because we don't do the mitzvah today, you have to do it tomorrow. Ella, hainu taima de Rebbe Eliezer. This is the reason of Rebbe Eliezer, Damar Kra, uve yom ashmini imo besar alato. On the eighth day, you have to give the milah. Vafilu b'shabbat. Velichto brachmanu b'milah. So let the Torah write it by milah. Velito chanoch. And learn all the others out from them. Like marmine. Shum di'in kelemifrach. Milah also has a chumrah. Malmilah shekein nichrutu aleh shloshesre britot. When it's given to Avram Avinu, the word brit is mentioned 13 times. Which is that there's a covenant in the doing of the milah that involves 13 britot, 13 covenants between B'nai Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So milah stands in this unique place. So again, you can't extrapolate from Milah to other areas. Now, what's interesting here is that Rabbi Lezer learns it out, V'yom HaShmini, Ma'u Masar Lato. On the eighth day you do it, V'yom Afilu B'Shabbat, or V'yom HaShmini, Afilu B'Shabbat. How does he know that Milah itself is Dochet HaShabbat? That's the Limud for Milah being Dochet HaShabbat. Rabbi Lezer now is using that for Makshiri Milah. Where does he know Milah is Dochet HaShabbat? The answer is Milah Gufla, Rashi says, the Dochet HaShabbat, Amin HaKaman, Allah HaLemoshe Misinai. Gemara later on is going to tell us that for Rabbi Liazer, the fact that Milah is Dochet HaShabbat is Allah HaLemosh Misinai. He doesn't learn it out of the Sukkim. Once he has his Allah HaLemosh Misinai, 
Then is extraneous. We don't need it to be Dochet Shabbat. We already know that. And then he uses that to The Rabbanan learn from a Yom Hashmini that Mila itself is Dochet Shabbat. They don't have this Allah Lamoshim Sinai. Therefore, they learn out of Yom Hashmini that Mila itself is Dochet Shabbat. But because Rabbi Lezer has that Limud from the Allah Lamoshim Sinai, he now has Yom Hashmini available to teach him that Makshire Mila are Dochet Shabbat. Okay, we'll stop over here.